This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Happy one year anniversary, everybody. How's it going? Welcome to the one-year anniversary special episode of Lead Singer Syndrome. Can you believe I have been doing this for a whole year? It has been such a fun ride. Thank you, everybody, so much for listening to this thing, telling your friends about it, helping it spread through word of mouth, writing iTunes reviews. I know a few people have been using the Amazon affiliate link, which really helps us out as well. And very soon... We are going to be launching the All Access Club. That's right. That's what we're going to call it, the Lead Singer Syndrome All Access Club. We're still ironing out the details. I know this has been going on for a while, but these things, they take time, you know, to figure out all the different things we have to do. But I'm confident in the next couple of weeks, that will be a thing. So get ready for the All Access Club. Very, very excited to launch that. I know there are some diehards that want more. That one episode a week, you know, we've, this is episode 53, and that's just not enough for some of you, and you want more. So I will give you more, and that is what the All Access Club will be all about. And today, it's pretty cool. From where we came, we will return. Uh, it, it, it's come full circle the prodigal son has returned. I, I don't know. Uh, hey, we got Caleb Shomo from Beartooth back on the show, part two. As you probably know, he was the first guest ever on the very first episode of Lead Singer Syndrome. He was also the first person I ever sat down with. It seemed only fitting for the one-year anniversary of the show to have him back to talk about all the amazing things Beartooth have going on, everything that's happened to them in the last year. It's been a crazy year. So catching up with Caleb, who is one of my best friends, was amazing, and I'm so happy he could join me for this episode. If you haven't heard the first one, sure, go back, check it out. You can listen to all these episodes. You don't have to listen to them in order. It doesn't matter. I think, if anything, it's better to start with the new ones and work your way backwards, you know, because they're usually more relevant to the time, and we talk about current events and things going on, so... I think the more current, the better. But you know what? Do whatever the hell you want. As long as you're listening to my show, I am so stoked. In other news with me, if you're listening to this from Europe, I'm coming with my band Silverstein. We're playing the Rise Up tour over there. It is us, Memphis May Fire, The Devil Wears Prada, and Lake Mazda Flames. We're doing like 10 UK shows, six German shows, a couple shows in France. Yes, France. That's right. France. Don't forget about France. Belgium and the Netherlands and those shows are coming up fast Uh, I leave tomorrow for Europe so please don't sleep on tickets go get them now you can get them wherever you know I don't know I don't know where you buy tickets in Europe wherever you do that though that's where they will be available and if you live in the fine city of Detroit or Cleveland or Pittsburgh or Philadelphia or New York City please come see me on tour solo With my solo outfit, River Oaks, we are doing, well, I am doing a tour between Christmas and New Year's. It's a very, very nice time to tour. Everybody's home. You got your Christmas money. Nothing really going on. No one's working. So come hang out with me. I'd love to meet y'all. 
Tickets are on sale for that tour right now. Go over to riveroaksmusic.com. There's some VIP stuff as well, but riveroaksmusic.com, and you can grab your tickets. And if you want to help out the show, I mentioned earlier the Amazon affiliate link. If you buy anything off Amazon, anything at all, and we got Christmas coming up. There's lots of things that you're going to need to buy. And Amazon, I mean, geez, it's a great place. They got everything. They even got the new Nintendo Classic Mini. I'm sure it's sold out, but they had it at one point. So, hey, whatever you're going to buy, use our Amazon affiliate link. It is leadsingersyndrome.com slash Amazon. Leadsingersyndrome.com slash Amazon. Takes you right to the Amazon homepage. You log in as normal. Whatever you buy, we get 4 to 6%. It costs you absolutely nothing. So please check that out. It really, really does help us keep this thing running. And lastly, if you want to get in touch, leadsingersyndrome at gmail.com. We are on all the social networks. Check it out. I got a Snapchat as well. Real Shane told. Boom. Done. There's the intro. Hey, thank you, listeners. Sinners. That's what I'm calling you. Thank you so much, my sinners for a great year and here's to many many more cheers cheers sound pop the champagne whatever i'm gonna do it's probably just gonna be a couple like cans of beer but hey you know whatever i'm just alone on a sunday night but hey thank you very much for listening love you all here it is my conversation with my good pal mr caleb shomo of beartooth you know what you're My dudes, we are doing it. Ha! Here we go again, <laughs> round two. Holy shit! I uh, can you believe that I've been doing this podcast for a year, dude? What happened? We were. It feels like not long ago that we were doing this drinking cocktail. It doesn't feel like long ago at all uh, on the Warp Tour, but so much has happened. Yeah. Um. Shit's been pretty full on since then, man. I I don't even remember what the last thing we like talked about then was. It's all been such a blur. It's crazy. Well, Seriously, dude. I mean, the last. I mean, I have. I have. I should have went. Probably went back and listened to the episode again. Um, I remember it pretty well. But I. I mean, at that point, you know, you guys hadn't even started. You know, or you hadn't started writing aggressive yet. Um, yeah, that's you know, true. You were still. You were talking about how, in the the in between, how that song was just popping off on radio, and how you were going to extend the album cycle. So it's kind of wild now. Here we are, uh, a year and a half later since we talked, and uh, you, you know you're popping off on your second record, basically on like your first like serious serious headline tour. So how's everything going, dude? It's unbelievable, man. We are like coming to the end of the tour. And it's been absolutely insanity, dude. I mean, first off, the fact that we have Every Time I Die on our tour, to me, is just like a mind blower. That band is so sick. And, sick. Uh, you know, I, it's just really crazy to watch them every night. And they put on such a gnarly show. It's very, very cool. But, uh, you know, they, they just crush. 
So that's one thing that I literally get on stage and I'm like, give it up for every time I die. And every time I say it, I'm like, holy shit, that's a real thing that I'm saying right now. And like, and they're um, opening for you. You know what I mean? It's not like, yeah, exactly. That's, that's what I'm saying is it's like, it is really hard to wrap my head around. And then dude, so I just sent, we have a show, well, we have a day off and a show tomorrow in Columbus. Yes. And. I just confirmed on an email for our finalized pyro cues. <laughs> um, that's a real thing that I just I just did on an email. <laughs> Was uh yeah, when our pyro is going to be going off, when our CO two is going to be going off, we have like spark explosions going off of the truss, and we're doing like a full fucking filming all day thing. And it, I don't know, things went from. You know, in between doing well to we have, I just sent an email about fucking pyro. Yeah, <laughs> like, what is happening? Dude? Yeah, like don't you know? Don't pull a James Hetfield and get burnt by the flash pot. Yeah, you know? I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm, I mean, gonna Jesus, I'm gonna do my best. No, I mean that's pretty damn cool. Um, yeah. So the the Columbus show, I, I assume it's already sold out, and that's your big hometown show tomorrow. Um, that's something that we don't talk about a lot on this podcast. Is like the whole hometown thing, you know, because obviously you're a touring band. You, you get accustomed to playing different cities all over the world all the time, but there really is nothing like doing that hometown show. when like, you're like, I'm sure your family's going to be there. Your friends, it really is yeah. different. Oh, it's totally different. I mean, the last time we did one, uh, was at this venue called the Newport Music Hall, which yes. is a great venue in Columbus. And it was a killer show. And then we didn't even really have, we didn't have any touring support. It was just kind of a one-off for us. And we had some of our friends' bands come play. And uh, that went really well. So the fact that we get to do this again, and the venue is Express Live, which is going to be the biggest headline show we've done. It's 2,200 people. Nice. And uh, it's it's kind of daunting, honestly. Like this is That's the venue growing up. You, you know, you start playing in bands and you work your way up. There's like the oh, the Columbus Circuit, which is like you play in someone's <laughs> basement. Then you play, you know, hopefully the venue called The Basement, which is like a 300. <laughs> then you go to maybe the 700. <laughs> then you go to maybe the, you know, the 1,000 or like 1,200. I don't remember what Newport is. But if you can make it to uh, Express Live, that's like the fucking dream, at least for me. So uh, it's truly unbelievable, man. They, and that's like, since we last talked, I feel like that's just what has been happening in different ways. Like, did were we confirmed for the Slipknot tour? Uh, you were, Warped? but you couldn't talk about it yet. Right. Yeah. So, like, that, we did I think that you got the news the oh day God, we talked. That was crazy. Yeah. yeah. Dude, because we got that, uh, and I... I mean, obviously, my mind was fucking shattered, and <laughs> so I'm like trying to not, you know, say anything about it, and I really it was tough to do. Then right after that, about a week later, we confirmed a like Bring Me the Horizon Europe tour, which was our biggest tour we did over there, and then from there it's just been kind of like going insane. The touring has been. It, well, the whole thing has been nonstop, not even just the touring. Like, we did all those tours and went straight into making a record. And then it was just 
well, here you go, right back at it again. Like it's, it's it's hard to like stop and breathe and actually think about it. You haven't though. I mean, you haven't stopped at all. Um, the break you took to make a record didn't feel like a break to to make a record. It just it felt like just a little like you blink, like someone blinked and you're back. Um, you know, I, yeah. I had I had a uh, Chris from uh, Lake Masta Flames on on the other day, and you know, ov- obviously another Ohio band, and we were we were talking yeah. about the idea of of hype, you know, and how mm. you start a band, you know, you put a song on the internet, people start talking, you get signed and there's this there's this hype that forms and eventually Absolutely. the hype wears off and for like Master Flames, they had a kind of an issue where the hype kind of went away and and you know, and they had a lot of trouble trying to get that hype back. With you guys, it has not waned. The hype just has been there, and it has just seemingly almost increased. And w- like, it's kind of wild, dude. And, and I just almost wonder. I mean, you're on the inside looking out, but like, what you attribute that to, if anything? Dude, I, I really wish I knew better. Um, <laughs> it's, it. I don't know. I've had this talk actually with a few different people that are just like, what is it like to? You know, with all this shit going on, I'm, I, I just don't really know. From my point of view, I'm so, like, out of the loop on how our band is doing. I know that sounds really weird, but just at least me personally, like, I, I'm not a huge, like, internet dude. I don't really, fo- I don't know. I just don't follow a ton of the stuff yeah. that, like, stay on, like, the hype network, kind of right. like the hype circuit. So right. I just assume I was like, yeah, we had our first record and it went well, and you know, I think yeah, we did have our hype moment where we like warped. I think was huge, and then like you know the warped. Well, first warped and the second warped, and yeah. then for me, I, since the second record has come out, it's been pretty fucking scary because it happened so quick with the first album. And then the second record, honestly, was put together. The majority of it was done within about two months, which is kind of freaky when the first record was done over the course of months and months and months. It was just like kind of songs written here and there. So throw all that shit together. And then we didn't, like our first stuff wasn't in the United States. We went straight to Europe to support our new record, which was a very new thing to me and we've been hitting europe and the uk really hard which is a tough thing as an american band to be hitting so young but we've been trying to make a point to do it so going from you know putting out the record and then we did we had some great shows i mean we did download on main stage which (laughs) was like the first like endless I, i call it like the endless sea crowd where like you literally can't see the end, and you know, <laughs> yeah, know that was that's an incredible yeah you know what feeling. I'm talking about like it, it it's literally it's it leaves you speechless, and that was the craziest show we've ever played. But we go from that, and then we did some Europe festivals, and we we just kind of went to still trying to like really build over there and like put out the record and then go with a bang, you know, do some huge tour and boom, 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 boom. It was more kind of like still just setting everything up, which is kind of scary because to me in my head, I'm like, how have people even been receiving the record in the U S how are people 
you know, all, all over the world. I don't really know. And then, you know, we did, obviously, with you guys, we did the tour with Pierce, yeah. and we did Hawaii, and then right Silver after, tooth, we went baby. straight to Silver Japan. Tooth. So it was like, Silvertooth, yeah, Silvertooth <laughs> lives, and also, will never die. Never. Gonna make it a tour. It's gonna happen someday. You heard it here yes, first. it's gonna happen. Um we're, it was absolutely him. You heard it here first, and it's yeah. we're doing stuff. We're talking. We're talking. So. We got things. We got things working. But <laughs> you know, like, so even then, we didn't even fuck. We just went all over to all the other countries first. Yeah, and it's. I think it's been more relieving to me as time has gone on, because my biggest fear was the U.S. The U.S. is a tough market, honestly, man, to like keep a hold on. Yeah. Because people get shows constantly. Even on this tour that we're doing right now, there are so many tours going on that are huge tours. Yeah. And, I mean, tons of them. And, like, all come to the same rooms. And, uh, you know, it's kind of nerve-wracking. But going into this, after doing Australia, which went great. I think we did well. All the new stuff went over great. Hawaii was a lot of fun. Japan was really cool. That, that Europe tour we did was great. But, you know, like I was saying, coming back here and it being so scary to be in the States, and like, that's when you see if the hype is still around yes. or if you are a fucking one-hit wonder. You yeah. know, that's that's what I was honestly scared of. I was like, did we strike gold with this first record? Right. And then is this next one going to be a dud? And it really, as far as I know, <laughs> it seems to be working out, man. The shows have been great. People are fucking having a great time, uh, and the new songs seem to be going over really well. Yeah, I want to talk about the the new record, Aggressive. Um, you, you wrote it a lot faster. Um, obviously, like something that is kind of you know, I think everybody in the music industry knows. Uh, maybe fans don't know it as much, um, but the second record is like the make or break for every band. Uh, you know, oh, yeah. the sophomore slump is a real thing. Uh, I, I've had this conversation with people numerous times. I don't know about on the podcast, but I, it's almost impossible to name a band that really fucked up their second record and still was able to have a career. Dude, I completely agree. Second um, record is the most important record of your career. Absolutely. But for you to make it so quickly and just sort of like, I don't want to say shit it out because that's obviously not you know, but compared, <laughs> I mean, it's pretty close. <laughs> but you know, compared to the amount of of effort and and you know, just you know, it was so like we talked about you making that record and like you know, you're crying on the floor at the end of the record in, in your own studio, you know, pouring your soul and your heart into that record, and then this one just is like, yeah, I pretty much did the whole thing in two months. It's like that's kind of a that's kind of a crazy way to approach it, is it not? Yeah, oh, it is. It absolutely is. I mean, when it, dude, the whole thing was, uh, it's like really hard to explain even the process of this. So I'm going to try my best to explain how this two months even went. Like, yeah, like you said, you know, the first record was, it had a way different tone. Um, and it took a lot longer because I think I was still trying to figure out what Beartooth meant to me and what the sound sure. was and what the Absolutely. emotion was I was trying to capture. And so I took a while to discover that. But the thing that was a little different 
with why I was okay with making the second record so fast is we toured like, you know, like we talked about. We extended the first record cycle way longer than we expected it to be. Yeah. You know, we did a full two-year cycle. And for bands in our scene, that's, you know, that's kind of long sometimes. So doing a full two-year cycle, you know, I'm out on the road just seeing show after show after show of what are the people responding to? Right. What parts are they standing there with their arms crossed, bored out of their minds, and what parts are they having a blast? So that was a huge influence on aggressive because to me, like I, uh, we have so much invested in our live show. You're a live band. I mean, yeah, exactly. If people haven't seen Beartooth, that's, you know, if you hear him and you're like, Oh yeah, no band's pretty good. You have to see it live. Um, you know, you just have to. And I, and, and like going back (laughs) to my question, I asked you about, about the hype. I mean, I, I guess I was almost alluding to maybe that's the reason is because your live show, you know, so, so I mean, putting your live show into your new record, that's a fucking great idea. Yeah, absolutely, man. Thanks. And I've just, it just seemed natural. It seemed like the progression because also I was so fucking bummed out just on the first record emotionally. I was yeah. completely like torn down, real sad. <coughs> and like, that, I don't know, that was what drove the record, was like insecurity and pain and all this dark shit. And all that touring, I think, really helped me get my head together. And it helped me figure out what what I wanted to do. And I'm a completely different person now, I think, than I was when I wrote that first album. And I, that also had a huge influence and it kind of like turned into just being pissed off instead of it being this like, okay, well here's like, you know, the happy record where it's going to be real fucking boring and you know, whatever he's going to, he's not going to have anything cool to write about. It turned into my happiness became like anger at the past because I spent so much of my life completely fucking entrenched in depression and sadness and all these negative emotions that it pissed me off. I feel like I wasted, you know, <laughs> six of six years of my life or something to just worrying so much about fucking things that don't matter. Well, and yeah, go you ahead. know, yeah, go ahead. No, no go well, ahead. I was just going to say, so where that came to, I think with the tone of the record and why it happened so quick is because it had just been pent up on the road for like I've been wanting to write for so long, yeah. and then I got in the studio and it was just like boom, 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 song, 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 just like lyrics out the ass, fucking right. riffs all over the place. It just like exploded. <laughs> lyrics out the ass. I want to take that <laughs> clip. I just want to take that clip and use it over and over again. Lyrics Please up do. the ass. Lyrics <laughs> out the ass. <laughs> but uh, I mean, yeah, well, literally talking out of my ass. We were talking last time on the on the last podcast, and you know, you were sort of talking about what your approach was going to be uh, with the second record because I kind of said to you, "I'm like, you're kind of a happier guy now. Uh, you're you're in a way different place. You know, Attack Attack is is very very far in the rearview mirror at this point." Um, yeah. And I said to you, "You know, what are you going to write about?" And you kind of mentioned that you thought the record might almost be like a, a 
a prelude to kind of what happened with Attack Attack. Um, what did you end up kind of writing about with these songs? Like, you know, if, if you can talk like specifically about some of them. Yeah, totally. Uh, the song Loser is absolutely like a prelude to uh, Attack Attack and that whole era of my life. That The song is about like childhood and just, I guess, what kind of drove me into that place and yeah. things like just trying to do anything to please anybody, like anything to be accepted to the point of losing who I was as a person and... Um, you know, the song is also just about my love of music and that being the one thing that makes me just not give a fuck about anything else in this world because that's who I am. That is absolutely my identity through and through is just music, period. So no matter what I try to do to make other people happy or to try and fit in and be cool, um, none of it worked and none of it yeah. did anything for me. So, and it always came back to music. It came back to like playing guitar and playing drums and writing songs. So, you know, there's Loser. And then there's things like um, the song Aggressive, which, I mean, oddly enough, today after our election happened. Oh, my God. Um, yeah. I mean, like, we have to at least touch on this at some point. Oh, it was inevitable. Oh, it was going to come up. I'm pretty destroyed today, man. I mean, it literally, I, w I was for, like nauseous last night, like almost in tears. For people I, listening, for people listening to this, this is we're talking on the Wednesday, so we're talking the day after uh, the election. Trump has uh, yeah has won. Trump has been elected president of the United States of America, Donald Trump. Yeah, um, and I'm not even like a very political dude. I'm not very you know well versed in this whole world but yes there are just things that you cannot be fucking blind to and it, oh my god I, I i'm like so filled with fucking anger and like sadness and ah i don't even know how to how to explain it but yeah it's really fucked so, you know, at least this coming into the song aggressive, like this is all, you know, starting to happen when I was writing this song. And it's just kind of about like how this society turns people fucking evil. And like, you know, what do you expect when this is the way you are as either a leader or be a parent Pretty much anyone with influence and anyone with power, um, I look at the state of so much of like our youth and our generation, and um, you know myself included, that it just makes us fucking violently angry. Yes, and um, like what? Basically, what else do you expect? What else do you expect is going to happen when you? fucking do this and like our music video is the first thing remotely political we've ever done as a band but i mean it's pretty fucking straightforward <laughs> like look at the i mean look at the illusions in that video I've seen it's the like, video um what happens in the video well i mean it was like the 
we were getting texts from you guys. Uh, I don't remember who, but I think there was a small group text with maybe like Bill and Paul Mark and a few people that were like, because it had that dude Canis who was like the fucking leader. And there's like basically the video, if you haven't seen the aggressive music video in a nutshell, is there, it's like a point of view camera of a dude who's like kind of running around causing mischief and kind of raising hell in this, it seems like kind of dictatorship era or like uh-huh. you know very strongly alluding to the state of our country and where it was headed uh and now what is reality and it, you know there's like posters on the wall it said like there was some made-up dude it said like canis 2016 or something and he's like going up and spray painting it and like fucking writing fuck you on it or whatever i don't really remember okay. and then uh then he like kid goes up to a table with like people trying to pass out flyers for this guy and he like flips it basically the whole thing happens finds like one of his political advisors and he like ties him up it's actually pretty fucking gnarly and then the kid's like eight years old at the end of the video and um you know but yeah i do remember getting texts from you guys that were like fuck kane is 2016 and like it was really funny (laughs) um but yeah i mean that um I think pretty much what we're trying to sum up with that is it really affects it affects so much of the future. Like I get it. I okay, no, I don't get it. I I see where No, I don't even I don't fucking know, see. I don't, I don't see. have any reason. I, I see zero reasoning with any of this. But basically, yeah. People, they're just so blind, willingly blind. They're not blind. They just fucking want to be. They're selfish to the fact that we're the people that have to live with this. We are the fucking generation that has to grow up, you know, right. and be because America our after fucking Donald Trump right. was, you know, our president. Because our generation would have, would have been, I mean, vast, like a vast majority of people voted, our age voted for Hillary Clinton, you know, you know, like, I mean, yeah, I don't know the numbers. I don't have them in front of me, but a vast majority. That's a good point. And that's something that isn't talked about, really, is that is that, you know, like, you know, even like, well, I'm Canadian, right? So, you know, but I was talking to my dad today. My dad's 71. And uh, he's like, I don't know, maybe Trump's going to do a good job. It's like, well, you know what, dad, like, if he doesn't. You know, um, and I, I hope my father doesn't pass away in the next few years, obviously, but, you know, you're not going to be around to see it. You know what I mean? I'm going to be here, and my children, your grandchildren, are going to be the ones dealing with it if if Trump really moves us backwards and fucks everything up, um, you know, in, in our society. And um, that's a great point that isn't really talked about that much. It's like these old people, it's like almost, you almost get to a certain age, it's like, Maybe you shouldn't be allowed to vote anymore. <laughs> Dude, it's like, why? It, you're just, it's fucking up everything for all of us, for all of us that want to, like, try and move forward and want progress. And, like, even just, ah, uh, just, like, things that you think would be fucking common sense or else you would just be a literal hate monger is, like, just now that's fine. Like, the fact that, like what the f- oh my god first off like all the things with women and the way he treats them all these documented things 
and people are just like, wow, no, it was locker room talk. Like, are you fucking kidding me? Fuck you. <laughs> like, that yeah, is... I know. You are so fucking narrow-minded. The guy is openly fucking bigot, like, an open bigot, an open racist, fucking anti-Muslim, like... And again, I'm not even a political, like, dude at all. This is just from me as a person seeing this person and just the way they act. It's fucking disgusting. Yeah. It's literally one of the most disgusting things I've ever seen. And... Now he's the leader of the quote-unquote free world. Yep. Like, what the fuck happened? Literally, what the fuck happened? I, I just can't even, like, I, I don't even know what to do, what to say. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know. I'm having a lot of trouble, you know. Like, my sister lives in Las Vegas. Um, you know, she has a family. She has three three kids, my three nephews. And it's, the the part I'm really having trouble with is, like, you know, the, my oldest nephew, he's he's 11. And, you know... He's heard Trump. He knows about the grab her by the pussy thing. Do you know what I mean? Like he knows that that was said. And now he knows that that man said that thing. And now he is the, you know, like you say, he is the leader of the free world. What is that teaching a child that you, you can say and you can do whatever you want. You can say and do disparaging things against women. I mean, isn't Trump going to go on trial for raping a 13-year-old girl? I mean, I, is that true? I, I know that, that on the internet. I've I've been reading things like I know he has a lot of charges uh that have been kind of like been trying to be swept to the wayside during this election. I, I, I just, know that for sure is a thing. I just don't like that that my you know my 11-year-old nephew is is like Oh yeah, no. You can say that. You can do that, and you're going to win. You you can you can be the president of the United States because it used to be you would tell kids you can be anything you want. You know, you're 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 American. You can be anything you want. You can be the president of the United States one day if you work hard enough. You know what I mean? Yeah. If you do well in school, oh, if you, it makes me sick. And now that man has has basically showed that you can be a basically a piece of shit and get there. And I just don't whatever i don't care what his economic policies are i don't care if his tax plan is the greatest thing ever the fact that he is representing america the free world um you know and and all these children are looking up to him i mean god damn that's that's Dude, not it's, good it's man. terrifying it's literally terrifying what he has said is like yeah you can, you know cuz back in the day it was you can be anything you want to be. You can be a fucking astronaut. You can be a, you know, firefighter. You can be any of these amazing things if you put your mind to it. Now, you know what his he is fucking representing? He's like, you can be a racist. You can be a bigot. You can absolutely be a sexist and a misogynist and a pig as long as you're rich and can work the system right and you're a white man. You can do whatever you want. Like... What the fuck kind of country is this that that is like that's like the new fucking what to me seems like what our kids are going to get their heads wrapped around I mean, is I, like I know and, I, and you it's, know it's very it's a huge step backwards I, I'm very disappointed and uh, I know a lot of people yeah. out there are and I a lot of people are yeah I mean right. having well, a lot of yeah. trouble getting out of bed this morning I mean yeah Jesus. we needed to get that one off our chest, we, had, I we think, had to talk about that because there is no way we couldn't get that out the open <sighs> no um, but 
Man, anyway. Well, anyways. Uh, let's uh, try talking- our best to regroup here a little bit. We're going to take a quick break to hear from our sponsor, and I'll be right back with more from Caleb from Beartooth. If you're in tech, you've been there before. Feeling the pain of hiring a freelancer or new employee for designer development only to find out months later that it's not a fit. And those types of mistakes aren't cheap. Instead, Mutual Mobile, a digital technology consultancy, uses the process it's developed over the past 10 years, delivering over 600 client projects to ensure your fast and beautiful mobile or web app is finished on time and within budget. Mutual Mobile has built apps for numerous companies that have been acquired, such as Eero, acquired by Amazon, FlexDrive, acquired by Lyft, and MapMyFitness, acquired by Under Armour. You get a dedicated team to help you with your tech project from start to finish, from ideation to product shipment to maintenance and everywhere in between. Mutual Mobile designs and builds beautiful mobile and web apps that increase the value of your business. If you have design or development needs, schedule a free 30-minute consultation at mutualmobile.link slash LSS to get started. That's M-U-T-U-A-L-M-O-B-I-L-E dot L-I-N-K slash L-S-S to get started with your free consultation today. I just got sent awesome new wireless earbuds from Raycon. I opened the box, opened up my phone, and literally in less than a minute, I was jamming out to my favorite tunes. What struck me right away was how well these fit and then how amazing they sound. Definitely more bass than my other wireless headphones. But the biggest game changer is the price. The E25 earbuds they sent me start at half the price of other premium wireless earbuds on the market, have six hours of playtime, and really are super comfortable, whether it's music, conference calls, or binging this podcast. And there's no dangling wires or stems to distract other people if you're on a video call. The company was co-founded by Ray J and celebrities like Snoop Dogg, Mike Tyson, and Melissa Etheridge are just a few people obsessed with Raycons. Whether you're working from home or working on your fitness, you want what you're listening to to be what you're listening to, not the other distractions from the room. Everyone needs a great pair of wireless earbuds, but before you drop hundreds of dollars on a pair, check out wireless earbuds from Raycon. Now's the time to get the latest and greatest from Raycon. Get 15% off your order at buyraycon.com slash LSS. That's B-U-Y-R-A-Y-C-O-N dot com slash LSS for 15% off Raycon wireless earbuds. Buyraycon.com slash LSS. Today's podcast is brought to you by Outer Loop Records. Originally founded as a sister company to Outer Loop Management in 2013, whose owner actually owns Jabberjaw, so very near and dear to my heart. Well, they're back. Outer Loop Records is back. They have a new partnership with Cooking Vinyl, and they're happy to announce they've signed four great bands, Chasing Safety, Magosh, Youth in Revolt, and Lorna Shore. Right now, we're going to play a quick clip of a brand new Chasing Safety song. This is from the album Brand New Prison, which comes out January 6th. If you like what you hear, pre-orders are available at allinmerch.com slash outerloop. That's allinmerch.com slash outerloop. 
And if you're in the greater New York City area, make sure you check out the Outer Loop Records Showcase November 17th at Webster Hall. They got some cool contests they're going to be running, and tickets are available right now at WebsterHall.com. So here is a clip from the brand new Chasing Safety album. This is Brand New Prison. This is my Going back to back to you, um, I mean, in your, um, you know, we talked a lot about your de- depression, uh, your anxiety uh, that you went through, obviously, when you were younger, through the attack attack days, you know, and even going into the bear tooth days uh, a little bit. How are you doing now? I mean, now that you know things are kind of settled down, um, in, in terms of like you got your band together, you know, you guys are a real tight unit. Um, obviously like, you know, you're married, Fleur, your wife is like a great friend of mine. She's awesome. You know, it seems like things in your life are really just kind of in a nice place for you. And and so I'm just kind of asking personally, like, how are you doing? Do you still battle, uh, depression at times? You know, how, how is that all for you? Yeah. Uh, it's a lot better. It is absolutely a lot better. Having consistency is, uh, is really cool. You know, when things are just so up in the air all the time, like we never know what's going to go on. We Even, you know, just like, how, you know, how are we going to get gas money to go to the next show? Like all these things sure. that are like so many variables. Um, it is much different nowadays. And I think, you know, I, I do, I do like having at this point in my life after touring for coming up on nine years it feels like life is kind of stable and um yeah it is still crazy as fuck we are still constantly going all over the place and touring like mad but um at the end of the day it's nice to know that i do have some of those consistencies and like you know it is nice to go home and hang out with my wife and my dog and you know i have my friends and it's nice to know that like Everybody in the band is some of my best buds. I absolutely love every person in this band, which is a rare thing. Honestly, man, like, I mean, you know, you've been torn for forever. Like, to having bandmates that you're actually good friends with is not as common as you would think, which, you know, to people that don't really know that aren't in the touring world. Like, a lot of people, you get in a few years and you realize you kind of hate these people, but, you know, you got to put bread on the table sort of situation so you know that's where a lot of things come out but yeah it's great man everybody in the band is awesome we're all having a blast out here on the road hell yeah man and life is life is very uh man i don't even know it's like uh it's like a whirlwind in a glass case (laughs) it's like it's still controlled (laughs) but at the same time, it is pure madness going on the whole time. Absolutely. But at least I know that it's going to be controlled in one way or another, you know. Well, I mean, you need a little bit of madness and a little bit of, of, of you know, of, of uncertainty 
um, Absolutely, to keep it exciting. Man. You know, that's the other thing too. We, we don't, we aren't singers of bands touring the world uh, because it's we like things to be boring. Fuck <laughs> you know, no, dude. You know what I yeah, mean? like obviously, we choose willingly to like put ourselves in crazy situations. Exactly. But, yeah, obviously, keeps, the excitement keeps is things alive that drives us. Exactly, it keeps us alive. Um, uh, I mean, going back a little bit to the hype thing, uh, you guys have. I mean, there's a lot of bands in the world, Caleb. Uh, there's a lot of successful bands. There's a lot of cool bands. There's a lot of great bands. For you guys to be the undercard on a Bring Me the Horizon Under Oath. <laughs> oh, man. For you man. to get picked over every other band, because literally any band would do that tour. Um, yeah. That must have been like... Ooh, like like the Sally Fields thing, like you love me, you really love me, you know, like yeah. <laughs> that must have felt <laughs> that must have been real. Dude, like you must have been like, holy shit. I Yeah, dude. <laughs> That's so fucking cool. I mean the oh to me, you know, I'm twenty three years old, so when I was growing up listening, getting into like kind of post hardcore and this sort of stuff fucking under oath was it dude they were the first band i think i ever heard that uh had screaming in it that wasn't like straight up death metal right and um i mean i'm talking when i was young dude when did uh they're only chasing safety come out do you know was that like Uh, 2004 ish yeah yeah 2004 so 2004 i was like 10 or 11 um, and yeah, that was a wild record for me to hear. And then, you know, we got to know those guys a bit just through various things. And then we did the AP awards where we did like a split song where we did, right. um, I forgot about that. That, that thing with cool Underworld, dude, that was like one of the coolest things ever. And, uh, you know, so it truly is wild. Also, it's really cool, just at least with Underworld specifically, you know, growing up, starting to be in bands from so young, it kind of takes away the, like, starstruck factor um, in a lot of scenarios. So, like, getting to know that, you know, just because I've always been around this kind of world, and it's, so, like, it is different. To me, it's more of a thing of, I'm not, like, holy shit, this is like some crazy untouchable thing. Like when I meet people, it's just like, it's more of a respect. It's like, I have so much respect for this person. And, uh, you know, it it was cool just to meet all those guys and uh, get to know them, the bit that we have and them all just be so fucking cool. So genuine and down to earth. Um, that's awesome. It's just like a huge respect that adds on to that. And same with, you know, Bringing the Horizon. We toured with them that one time in Europe. And they are, you know, arguably one of the fucking biggest bands on the planet right now. They just did two nights at the O2 Arena in London. That is 20,000 people per night, along with an entire arena tour around that. Like that's uh, wild. They're doing huge things, and they're all rad. They're all super fucking nice, just 
cool dudes. They like playing music and they're really fucking good at it. There you go. So, um, I think where, where this all comes in is I just can't believe honestly that we were the band that got that email. I know Um, it is incredible. I mean, I can believe it, uh, because I know, you know, I see the hype and I know how good you guys are live. I mean, I've watched you guys play probably more times than I've watched any other band in the last two years. Um, yeah, you know, and, sure. and, and the one thing is, Caleb, is you've never watched your own band play. That's true. <laughs> you had I to be up I there. could, man. You know, so God I get it. it, but I totally understand the just being like, really us? Like, like that must just feel amazing. And yeah, that's must just feel amazing. Yeah, it, it's, it's truly nuts. And um, yeah, it's such an honor. And I mean, I, the thing that's, I think I'm starting to understand a little bit of like, shit is really like something's really happening right now is it just keeps happening. Like when we got the offer for Slipknot, I literally almost, I I, like didn't believe it was real. Um, genuinely. I was like, there's no fucking way that Slipknot just sent us an offer to tour with them. And it was. And then a week later we got the thing from bring me that was like, Hey, do you want to do this? And we're like, no fucking way. Right. And then we start touring with all these, like, with these crazy bands. And then, you know, you think maybe that was just kind of it. Maybe we right. had, like, this moment. But then, no, we it's did Download Festival in That's front of I'm fucking, about, like, 40,000, 50,000 people. Then we did, you know, then we get this fucking under oath. Hey, you guys want to collab on a song at the I AP know, Awards? So then wild, it's man. fucking, let's do this tour. And we have, like, other tours that are insane right now, again, that I can't, like, talk about yet because they aren't announced. So it's fucking crazy, man. It's hard to wrap my head around. I know, man. You know, it was cool seeing you up there with, uh, you know, Under Oath um, doing that collab. It's it's funny because I'd say my two, like, best friend bands are you guys and Under Oath. Like, absolutely, like, if I look at, all you know, and oh, maybe like Bayside too. I have to, I have to mention, um, you know, as being some of my best friends. But you know, it's funny because we have such a generational gap uh, in age <laughs> between you know you and me for sure. Like we're like twelve or thirteen years apart in age, yet you know you're one of my best friends. Um, yeah. You know, and it's like it's really actually kind of crazy this the silver tooth thing, how just how heavily our bands have and our band members have bonded dude i've said this so many times and like to people that don't know i'm just gonna say it for people listening like this silver tooth thing literally it just when did it even like when did we start really fucking bond i mean it was the tour we did with you guys where you took us out well, that's, that that's tour, when it started. It was, it was funny. That's when, you know? like, the spark started, but then Warp Tour 2015 Warped was, was when was it, it was like, that was it. We hung out every single day. We had the porch. Yep. We had the cooler constantly full of good drinks. <laughs> and, yes, we like, did. The, you guys brought a fucking Pelican, like, balls-out cooler. That's right. We still got which it. Which ended up making it on stage for the Silvertooth production. That's correct. Which was hilarious. But, like... You know, and the whole thing about Silvertooth and why it's so much fun to us is I think we can all collectively say, members of Beartooth, 
we have never bonded with a band so sincerely and so quickly. Like it was, I don't know, man. It, whenever we tour, even like Hawaii and uh, you know no, Australia so and dude, it was just like literally it felt like one giant band. I know, like well, we all fucking go and break off in random groups to go get lunch, and it's not right. like there's there's not any. Uh, I feel like I could go have a meal with any of you guys, have a great time, and have a conversation. And that's like that's what makes it different. Is it's not like uh, there's one or two guys in that band that I'm like pretty cool with. It's like no, we literally all just fucking hung out constantly, and to the point where we're like, let's combine our sets on Warp Tour, and we'd made fucking Silvertooth. Oh my god, that uh, Silvertooth was one of the most fun fucking days ever, dude. And we took the shirt money and we got pizzas and like what a day. Never will forget it. No, uh, that's that is incredible, and yeah, it's funny. I, I I recall it as being like we did that tour, you know, and it was our headline tour, it was our Discovering the Waterfront ten year anniversary tour, and it was very stressful the first couple weeks, like kind of ironing out the kinks in the set. We had this like backdrop reveal we were doing, and we were playing like we were playing like nineteen songs or something, and then you guys bailed on on the tour for a bit uh, to go to Europe. And I remember you guys leaving and us being like, oh, we miss Beartooth. And then you guys telling me in England, you guys were miserable over there touring the UK with like like pop bands or something. And then we came back and it was like, ah, like, I love you guys. And that was, to me, really when the whole Silvertooth thing started. You know, that was the spark, man. That was was the spark. spark. But it's funny you say the room thing, too. Like, remember in Adelaide, like you and I shared a room. Like, you know, like typically yeah. when bands are on tour together, the bands, you know, band members will stay in the same, like at least the same band. We were like, ah, no, no, me and Caleb, we're just going to share a room uh, uh, tonight. Yeah. And it was sick. And we would just fucking mix and match. And like, yep. oh my God, we had like the craziest times of our fucking lives over there. And uh, dude, that, yeah, man, I, it's just rare that you meet a band that you genuinely get on that well with, man. It was fucking, no. it's crazy. So also thanks for, uh, fucking bringing me on for round two on this podcast. Fuck very yeah, cool. Dude. Very, uh, very excited about it. Thanks for doing always this is a blast. The one year anniversary of my podcast. And I felt like there's no better way to, you know, to, to, uh, it's a, just come full circle. You know what I mean? Right. Right. We, uh, we are just, we've come around and, and we got to catch up anyways. You know, it's just like, I could just call you on the phone. We just have this conversation anyways, I guess, you know? Um, yeah, but, but true. it's might as well do it on the record. And, uh, and obviously let the people know, uh, what's going on with you and what's going on with Beartooth. Um, speaking of which, uh, I guess aggressive, it's been out for a little while now. Uh, you're going to ride it out for a while, I assume. But, um, have you, have you thought at all about third record? Dude, I mean, I would be lying if I had said that I hadn't. Uh, you know, we like just really started getting underway on this cycle, on this tour. Because um, we have the U.S. leg, which is done tomorrow. And then we have two days off. Then we go to the U.K. and Europe. And uh, we do that whole thing. Yep. And, um, yeah, I mean... 
then after that we have we have we're taking the winter off completely because I, I you know I think I really wanted a break. I think we all as a band really need one just because it's been so fucking nonstop. So the tour ends like December seventeenth, yeah. and that Bring Me tour starts on like March eighth or something, tenth. Okay. Um, sometime early March. So like three months. So we're taking that. We're taking all that time off. Nice. And uh, yeah, I may have made some plans to uh, start dabbling in a little bit of writing because sure. it's very important to me on this record that I space it out more like the first record was because I think honestly man like I can do it I've done those you know I've done records in three weeks I've done them in a month I've done them in two three months but at least after how hectic everything's been um I just want to try and space LP3 out a bit more I want to do like writing sessions over the course of you know maybe like over the course of a year I go and work with this dude for a little bit then I have like a month at home where I, you know, dabble in it. Just not a high pressure situation. Absolutely. And, uh, so yeah, you know, I'm going to start working on it, but I really don't know. Man, I don't have a fucking clue what it's going to sound like. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's what I love about making Beartooth records is I never know what it's going to sound like. I mean, I generally know like the Beartooth riff yep. kind of like thing. But other than that, I just start writing and whatever happens, happens. Well, there's always going to be... If, an element. I mean, you're the only one that writes Beartooth songs, right? I mean, so yeah. whatever it, things are going to sound like you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, it's not like yeah. you're bringing in different people. Um, although I do want to talk for a quick second about Connor, the new addition to Silvertooth, the latest. Connor Dennis yeah. is a hell of a drummer. Oh my god, dude, um, he's one amazing. of the best, and what a hilarious dude! How's he fitting in with yeah. you? Guys? Dude, he he is he's fucking great. I mean, he's a really good dude. Obviously, an incredible drummer. And I met him on Warped, and um, he, you know he was playing for Being as an Ocean, and I would go up and just watch him play drums every day. I'd just go watch him play, and you know, being a drummer, that's where we first connected was just talking drums. And, you know, when things were happening uh, with Brandon and we needed to kind of change it up a little bit, um, which also, definitely on the record, none of the Brandon leaving thing, because I don't know if I've ever really addressed this, because uh, I don't, you know, it's not something I want to talk about to some fucking random person. Right. But, okay. like, no, like, totally cool. Love the dude to death, genuinely. And this isn't like trying to bullshit. No, saying like, "Nah, I was cool." When there was some huge problem, and like you've known Brandon, like we got we had no issues with him as a person. It was just some stuff, you know, that needed to change. And we still love the dude. Taylor still lives with the exactly. guy. Like, I was going to say, we Taylor, still hang Taylor out. Taylor like, still lives with him. And I, I yeah, mean, we all still hang out. It's all totally cool. So never think that it was like a personal thing to anybody who was curious. Right, but um. Yeah, so, you know, there was some things that needed to happen, and, um, you know, we talked with Brandon about it, and we all made our peace, and it was cool. And uh, he went his separate way. And so, you know, we we wanted to keep it a four-piece, just because the band has gone through a good bit of, like, member change and a good bit of trying to get things solidified. And, you know, so called 
I called Connor because I knew that he had been out of being as an ocean, but I really wasn't sure what his stance was. I didn't know if he was like done with touring. That's why sure. he was out or what. So I, I just literally called him just, he was the first person I hit up and was like, Hey man. Um, so we need a drummer to tour. Do you have any interest? And he was like, yeah, totally. And we had a tour in like a week and a half. Wow. You know, guy learns fucking 14, 15 songs in like three days and is sending me videos of it. Wow. Just crushing. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And also I didn't really know the dude very well as a person. It was just kind of like, well, he's a fucking sick drummer and let's see how he is. And he's great. He is. We great. love the dude. He is fucking hilarious. He's young. He literally just turned 20, which is yeah. crazy. He's the first person I have toured with, uh, younger than myself on like in our own camp in my life. And I've been touring for a long time, which <laughs> is well, it's yeah. crazy. It's it's like reality starting to set in. I'm not the young buck anymore. Well, I'm usually I'm the oldest guy. I'm usually the oldest guy on every tour I do, or definitely the oldest guy on the bus. Um, <laughs> so I'm used to ha- having you know hanging out with younger people, and um, it's funny because you know hanging out with you guys, and obviously the first tour I hung out with Connor on was uh, well Europe, and then and then a lot in Australia. And it, it's it's rad because like he stepped in to the you know Silvertooth and it was like it was like he always been there and yeah. he's and he's like literally fifteen years younger than me and I don't ever think about that you know we just talk yeah. like we're quoting like Curb Your Enthusiasm together and stuff like it's just <laughs> yeah that's the thing <laughs> that's know? crazy about that dude he has more knowledge about like fucking nineties music and old TV shows and like random like the yeah I. I can't, I don't know how he has time to listen to all the records he's listened to in his life. It's really fucking weird. Like, to me, at least, that he is so young and that dude has more knowledge than anyone I know. It's fucking crazy. But yeah, I mean, and to come in, it's like the Silvertooth camp is a fucking tight knit camp. It is. And he came in and just fucking, he, he made his way, dude. He killed it. It's uh, awesome. you know, it's yeah. a it's a tough thing to get in dialed, but the guy got it. And yeah, man, it's been cool. I, we we have been having a lot of fun as well, just uh, with the live show. You know, we've been like me as a drummer, and just like being able to work with somebody like that and know that he's behind the fucking kit. Just like he tears it up, and he always he pushes me to want to be a better drummer and to cool. want to write a better third record. Sure. So, um, yeah, man, having him tour for Beartooth and play drums live is uh, absolutely incredible. Awesome, man. Hey, um, Silvertooth lives, and you heard it here first. Uh, yeah, not going work, fucking Always anywhere. working, always working on Silvertooth, always, always figuring stuff out. So, Silvertooth, like, Always, there's always something going on. We're always oh, yeah. talking. It is always. a constant conversation. <laughs> and I was saying, I think the last one I had was either with Bill or PMR. And it, I think it was with PMR and he was pretty drunk. And he's like, we're doing 
fucking Terminal 5, New York City. We're doing pyro. <laughs> We're doing, I was like, fuck yeah, let's do it. Hey, man, you like, guys are already doing pyro tomorrow, so uh, you, can, you can let us know how that goes. Yeah, oh my God. If you don't blow I, up the, uh, uh, the entire city of Columbus. Yeah, we're going to try our best not to. But, <laughs> goddamn. Yeah, man, Silvertooth, uh, Silvertooth lives. We got plans. Absolutely. Well, Caleb, hey, thank you so much, man, for, uh, for jumping on with me today for my one-year anniversary party. Dude, it was great. And congrats on the one year. This is fucking sick. I love listening to the podcast. Again, great for, you know, very grateful to you for having me on. We'll make, cool. it, we'll make it a yearly tradition. How about that? Let's Every do it. Every year, we'll, we'll catch up, but we'll do it until... Fuck yeah. And For all four years of Trump's election. Yeah, right. Like, he's going to get through four years, dude. Oh, yeah, right, dude. dude. Six it, months. I give it six months. Yeah, God only knows. Jesus, oh this goodness. whole thing is going to be nice. This is going to be wild, though. I mean, like... Yeah, I'm sure we he will give us plenty of topics to... Yes. Uh, keep our conversations interesting yes we yes he will well hey man thanks again uh have a great hometown show tomorrow i hope uh you get you get extra nervous for that kind of shit or are you uh are you are you just stoked a little bit uh, you know really stoked i am a little bit nervous just because they're just because it's surely the biggest headline show we've ever done yeah and then we have all of these new elements that we're bringing in just for this right. one show. Right, like, right, right. That's, dude, a little, that's Squeaks, a scary. Yeah, so Squeaks, our, our lighting guy, who has also done stuff for Silverstein, Absolutely. which is how we met him, who Love is him. great uh, if you ever need lighting. But he's bringing out like <laughs> If you ever need lighting. <laughs> yeah, hey, I don't know. Just, hey, you need lights? <laughs> you ever need lights? Like you want to throw the craziest party ever? <laughs> it's like that episode when Homer of The Simpsons, when Homer starts playing bass. Have you seen that one? I don't think so. Look it up. Anybody listening to this, look up the episode where Homer learns to play bass. It's it's a newer episode, but there's a, there's a he's at like a guitar center, and uh, the, the the like guys try to sell him stuff, and he's like, uh, so you you all covered on lighting, and and Homer's like, uh, and the guy goes, what about gels? And Homer goes, I got to be honest with you, I haven't even thought about gels. <laughs> <laughs> dude like yeah so anyway if you need lights if you need squeak, lights squeak lights there you go the <laughs> but dude he's bringing in like because we've had a light rig on this whole tour oh extra he's bringing power. out like four times our current light rig just for this one show dude we're going so above and beyond uh so it, it is kind of like it's a little bit daunting yeah. it's to me it's just like i hope my voice is the best it's ever sounded <laughs> and uh god damn it we better put on the best show we've ever done there you go yeah well but it'll be good it'll be good absolutely man no well uh as always it's great great to have you uh i hope the hype keeps going i hope fuck i hope you have a great time tomorrow and uh hope to see you around soon i guess we'll be hanging out in london i think I'll see you in uh, yeah in UK, yeah so. we'll hang out in london that'll be fucking sweet hell yeah man all right dude silvertooth lives Silver to the lips. Right, Caleb. See you, buddy. You have a good one, man. So there it is, my conversation with Caleb. Just warms my heart to see good people playing good music and having it actually be successful and being rewarded for that. Beartooth, they get it. They love it. They care about their fans. And watching them grow over the past two years now has been incredible. And I'm just so proud 
to call them my friends. Also, Silver Tooth, always a thing, will still be a thing. Keep your eyes and ears peeled because it's coming. Thanks again, everybody, for listening. If you love this episode, you're going to love the first one I did with Caleb. It's episode number one, so go back and check that out. And, of course, thank you so much for an amazing year. Please, let's keep this thing growing. Tell a friend. Post about it on your social media. Do whatever you got to do to spread the word because the bigger this thing gets, the better it's going to get. And that's exciting for me. I'll leave you with a new Beartooth song from their latest record, Aggressive. Here is my favorite song from the record. It's called Hated. Check it out on Lead Singer Syndrome. Peace and love. Who knew you'd be hated for being who you are And be a big target for all the insecure Never will listen